You should be able to see me on the spotlight and I'm just going to ask everybody else with the video on to turn it off. Perfect. Great. So if you haven't got your PDF of Chapter 1 yet, it's because you haven't emailed in with your receipt. So the, for people who have pre-ordered a book, we don't know that because you're buying it elsewhere. I'm not in control of the book sales. The book sales are happening out in the big bad world of books. I don't know how many books we've sold. I don't have any of that information. So if you buy a book, I have no idea you've bought a book. You have to physically email your receipt, show me you've bought a book, and then you'll get an instant um, PDF download of the chapter one. So that's how it works. I know it's a bit clumsy, but that's the way of book world, unfortunately. Great. So I'd love to hear what you're getting out of. It's called Unwanted Sensations, Chapter One, and it's really an introduction to the, into the dilemma we find ourselves in which is largely we often feel abnormal. We feel like nobody can fix us. We end up running around in circles trying to find doctors and experts and anybody at all to, to help us heal and recover. And it can end up being a really depleting, exhausting process. And my intention in Chapter 1 is that I normalise that actually these unwanted sensations of which all forms of vertigo, dizziness and tinnitus are a part, unwanted sounds, unwanted body sensations, they, they happen actually to pretty much all human beings. One in three people have a bothersome time with it or it's a more chronic ongoing issue. And it's really up to us to change our neural pathways and how we shift the senses of perception to return back to normal. And so chapter one's looking at why the doctors are limited, why our health professionals are limited and what it means for us in moving forwards in terms of getting to know our body, getting medical clearance, forming a, a really effective support team, but really becoming the leader in our own recovery. Great. So, yeah. And so at the end of every chapter, there's a summary dot points, which is really nice, especially if you are having a bit of a not quite right or vague day and you don't feel like really heavy content, you can go back to the book and find the chapter summaries and also have a look at some of the suggested home exercise practices, which are honestly just the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest exposure to what you could be doing in daily life. I actually had so many more exercises to put in the book and my editing team said, um, it's just too much, like the book's too long, it's too big. So we had to delete a bunch and pull a heap out of the book. And many of those I kept and I've uploaded into a free online Rocksteady workbook for you. So when you do buy the book, which looks like this, it actually comes with its own little free program, which um, is exclusive for people who buy the book. And the reason for that is literally because I had to delete so much content. I thought rather than throw it out, let's use it and have people access it online so we can keep the book a kind of standard size. Great. So um, it's hard to keep up with all of the, yeah, all of the comments. So what I might do is, well, let's start with a body scan like we always do and we can drop into our bodies. You might be thinking, why always start with a body scan? Actually, that's where healing starts. And I, I had a psychologist contact me yesterday, a, a local family friend actually, so not a professional colleague, a family friend. And um, she contacted me saying, do you work with vestibular migraine? I said, yes, that's exactly what I work with. And so she was asking me a few questions and it kind of prompted me to think like what kind of guidance or education or supportive information would I give a psychologist who's, 
who's faced with somebody going through these chronic and debilitating, unwanted, invisible symptoms and sensations, what guidance could I give them so that they can really support this person through healing? And I suppose the number one thing would be read the book because there's only so much, I, I, I can't really say much in a phone call to a family friend. I can't suddenly make her an expert in the process. So it would be read the book because the book will help you understand what your client's going through and how you can best support them to rebuild their neural pathways and change their brain. The psychologists themselves cannot prescribe home exercises, right? That's because neuroplasticity home exercises, it's not about even copying what's in my book. It's about exploring via the body scan. What am I actually sensing and feeling in my body right now? And it sounds simple. I'm telling you it's not. I've got 20 years experience and sometimes I still struggle to pause and genuinely receive the signals that are coming through my body in present time, in real time. And I think the reason for that is because we're so busy telling ourselves how we should feel and we're so busy telling ourselves what other people expect of us is so important. We should step up to that plate and we should be what they expect of us. And we're rarely stopping and saying, well, how am I right now? And can I be okay with how I am right now? And so the body scan gives us that entry into the body where we actually figure out what's going on right now. What neural signals are actually firing? What neural signals does the brain and body have access to? And if they're unpleasant, how can we support them and soothe them so the brain can sort them out? If you think about a software update in a computer, we have to identify the virus before we can fix it before we can get a fix and it's very similar with neuroplasticity we have to be able to sit and sense and feel in the present moment in real time the data the neural messages the brain chemistry that's passing through our body and through our brain so coming back to the psychologist this is not something we can talk about you can't sit down on a couch and talk about it you can't read my book and expect to come out the other end healed my book teaches you how to do it it's a process we enter and I think my book also teaches people why we get stuck and why healing doesn't occur and also why so many people don't understand it and don't know about it and why there's so many health professionals out there who have no idea how to support clients and implement them through this process. It starts with the body scan. So few people have training in the body. Um, and on the other note, out in the embodiment world and, and yoga therapy world and trauma therapy world, there are lots of people working in the body. So it's out there, but not necessarily in the context of vertigo, dizziness, tinnitus, audio-vestibular disorders, um, and the anxiety, depression, isolation associated with this particular population group. So let's close our eyes. And I want you to ask yourself, who am I right now? Be really open-ended and see if you can be brave and courageous enough to actually Feel through that answer. Who am I right now and what am I sensing and feeling? And some of the things you're sensing and feeling might not be that pleasant. Other things you're sensing and feeling in this moment might be extremely pleasant. Perhaps you're sensing a feeling of community and connection, belonging and understanding. Perhaps learning about my book and this process, if it's new for you, perhaps that's giving you feelings of hope. Perhaps you're still feeling a lot of self-rejection, self-shame, guilt, uncertainty, perhaps you're feeling extremely sad, disappointed and depressed because you haven't figured out your neuroplasticity yet and you're kind of downing yourself about that. Notice all of this. Notice all of the little stories and little feelings and little neural pathways that are firing in your body right now. The more you notice, 
just like scanning a computer for a virus, the more things we find, the more bugs we can actually fix. The more we can implement the support, the more we can change those old embedded patterns. And I want you to stop and recognize that a lot of the time when we're doing any kind of home practice, we're telling ourselves what we think we should do. Instead of pausing in this moment and saying, right now, this is what I think I actually need for effective, long-lasting changes. My body's telling me what I need in this moment. So I would love to invite you into the chat box to do one of two things. Either give an example of a time when you tell yourself what you think you should do, but you're not actually checking in with the body. It's coming from up here. It's like, well, I should repeat that vestibular exercise three times and I should go for a walk and I should go to the supermarket and I should push through and I should go to work. Give an example of being disconnected to the body and trying to heal up here, right? Which, which is not recommended and doesn't generally work because it's a disconnected process. What the body needs and wants is not being responded to and instead the body is getting neural stimulation that it may in fact not want. So that can prevent recovery. It's really good to know when you're doing that because if you can bring that awareness to, oh, I'm kind of bossing my body around again, I'm pushing through, I'm being demanding on my body. When you can notice you're doing that and you're no longer in neuroplasticity, you can actually start to change those behaviors because the awareness is there. The other thing I want to invite into the chat box is anybody who's body scanning and noticing, oh, wow, I feel a bit X, Y, Z today. What are you feeling in your body scan? What are you noticing in your body in this moment? Pop it in the chat box. And if you feel brave enough, maybe even you could suggest what you feel you need in this moment for yourself, which means you're actively going from a, a noticing, sensing and feeling in present moment here and now. And you're taking it that next step further to say, okay, well, this is what I want to do about it. And this could be, I'm feeling really spacious and free in my body in this moment. And I want to, I want to acknowledge that. I want to enjoy it because so often I have chronic symptoms and I tell myself I'm not normal, but in this moment I feel spacious and free and I want to actually accept that. I want to accept that spacious and free neural pattern firing system and I want to own it. I want to breathe into it and I'm not going to worry about when it ends or when it's over. I'm going to actually stay with it. All right. So I've got a few things popping into the chat box. First up, a lot of people are asking me if my book will be translated, if there'll be audiobooks and if there'll be ebooks. And the answer is yes. A lot of it's out of my control, but we have we're looking at all sorts of translations into all sorts of languages, and it's all about hoping that those are picked up by people interested in, in doing the process. And yes, there's an ebook coming out soon and an audiobook. It won't be narrated by me, but it'll have an actor narrating it who will do an excellent job. All right. Um, Shelley says, I chastise myself for failing to keep a regular practice to enhance neuroplasticity. And so, like, I would really question that, Shelley, because it almost sounds like there's this external dialogue going on, like, Shelley, you should be this and you should be that. When throw the should out the window, neuroplasticity is a way of life. So if you wake up in the morning and you're breathing, you're doing neuroplasticity. If you wake up in the morning and you're noticing your thoughts, you're doing neuroplasticity. If you wake up in the moment and you connect emotionally to yourself, you're doing neuroplasticity. It's got nothing to do with vestibular rehabilitation or 
the external model, right? Those pieces may become relevant at some points, but they are not the foundation of the practice. The foundation of the practice is the body scan and the noticing, the sensing and feeling. So Shelley, I want to encourage you to say, well, could I reframe that to saying, well, actually I'm doing more neuroplasticity than I realize and I'm not recognizing when I'm actually in my body and noticing in my presence. When I come into presence, I'm practicing when I bring kindness to that practice to, when I bring kindness to that presence that really enhances my practice when I bring criticism to my practice not so much the brain closes down in the fight fright flee, freeze when we're in our inner critic hope that's helpful Shelley let me know Dustin says I'm feeling butterflies in my stomach because of some big decisions I need to make soon I need a hug perfect Dustin you nailed it that's beautiful Darcy, I always have a sense of urgency when I check in with my body and I realize I've been like this for years. Me too, Darcy. I get it. It gets better. Stay with it. And also the noticing is part of the healing, but you're not alone. You're not alone at all. I've been shuffling around my kitchen and lounge room being like, why am I so urgent? Like just oof. like this inner anxiety can boil up for reasons I don't always understand. Sean says, a wavy feeling and feet are cold. Great. So again, Sean, you might say, well, what do I want to do about my wavy feeling and feet being cold? You can do nothing. No, taking no action is actually sometimes the best thing to do. But just simply noticing and bringing kindness. But still, taking no action is a conscious choice. Julietta says, I noticed tension even in my legs. I wanted to let go, breathe into it and relax. Beautiful. Okay. Telling myself I need to go out and meet friends, even though I'd rather spend time with myself. Great. And just see if there's anything you want to do to shift and play with that to, to help it feel nice and warm and gooey and to cultivate this new normal that we're going to be talking about on the call. Um, other things coming through are fear, sinus, eye pressure, heavy head, headache, pain, pain in the side of my eye, feeling exhausted after a busy, noisy weekend, my body wants quiet nervous and I admitted my failure should I listen to my tinnitus and own it instead of panicking and trying to push it away that's a great question Karen and I would say play with that it's best if you can tune in and acknowledge and well my book really explains all of the answer to that question to be honest but there's no right or wrong way right pushing it away is not going to help pushing it away is what everybody's tried for as long as they've tried it and they're still stuck but you can try and listen to it with a sense of curiosity, awe, and loving kindness. It's the way you listen to it. It's the relationship you develop to your tinnitus that's going to change the neural firing patterns. So play with that and yeah, follow the guidance in my book or the Rocksteady program. Um, pressuring myself to always be practicing when sometimes I need a break to just be. And remember, a break to just be is the ultimate practice. That is the ultimate neuroplasticity practice. I call it non-doing. In yoga, we talk about shavasana and all of these observation practices where we're literally non-doing we're consciously stopping doing and bringing our presence to what is arising in that moment that is the ultimate practice neuroplasticity has nothing to do with doing right people think it is because it's like well i go to the gym and i pump iron and you know the more i do it the better i get it's it's actually not like that we're not building a muscle we're changing the way we relate to the world the more stimulation and the more busy we are, the harder it is to change the fundamental relationships. We want to keep it simple. When we body scan and stop and notice and stop doing, we actually have more capacity to relate to the direct neural firing signals and change our relationship to them. And this could be 
changing our relationship to the wavy, dizzy vertigo signals or changing our relationship to the tinnitus sounds. The more simple the practice, the more non-doing, the more we can bring that emotional content and that relationship content to the forefront because we're not distracted and busy, you know, riding a bicycle or skiing or gardening or crafting. These are partially distractions. So keeping it simple and non-doing can be really, really, really effective to get that intensity, frequency and duration of being with the actual signal that's the neural pathway you want to directly impact. Um, so I feel excited and big. I want to explore and expand a sense of freedom. All right, so I might have to, I can't keep up with all of the, uh, all of the comments. So this is a really common comment. I'm just going to read out from Sarah. I feel a sense of being stuck, going around in circles after six years of dizziness, endless tests, medications. I feel people think I'm faking it so I don't have to work. Like, I hear you, Sarah. I, I'm Honestly, if you relate to that statement, can you just give me a yes in the chat box? I'm sure there are heaps of people on this call who totally feel you. And for me, this is tragic. Like, the one thing I hope my book changes over the next decade is that people are not caught in this endless medication loop, that they're not feeling disempowered, that they're not feeling helpless, hopeless, that, I mean, it's almost like it can feel like the, the outer world is ghosting us because we know what we're feeling. We don't feel right. We've got these invisible symptoms and for us it's very real, but the outer world's like, no, you're fine. You look great. You, 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 your tests are normal. Like you're faking it kind of is the underlying message and it's you're not faking it whatever you feel is real I cover that right in the front of the book I'm pretty sure it's in the preface whatever you feel is real your neurons are firing what you feel whether that's dizziness nausea not quite right astronaut feelings any sounds at all any tinnitus body sounds your body is firing those along a neural pathway and the only person who can change those and control those is you not the doctors, not me, not the audiologist, not the psychologist, not the physical therapist, nobody. It's a personal inner process and it's about noticing what we sense and feel, leaning into it and letting the brain change it. And you might think, Joey, why on earth would I want to stop everything and listen to the very things I don't want to feel? Good question. And the reason is because when we're avoiding it, distracting it, denying it, numbing it, medicating it, etc., we're bringing fear to the relationship. So I feel my dizziness or I hear my tinnitus and I snap into fear. That closes off the neuroplasticity process. It inhibits our creative potential to change new, new pathways and the symptom pathways get caught on, on a loop on repeat. Not only that, the more we hate it and the more we're afraid of it, the more neural energy the brain allocates to the problem because the brain thinks, well, if you're thinking about it, if you're kind of obsessing over it, if you're checking on it, I'm going to give it more energy because you're clearly interested in it and I want to help you out. I'll help you out by giving more neural signals over there at the dizziness and the tinnitus or the nausea or whatever not quite right pathway is or pain. So the more we focus on the problem, the more we get the problem because it's all about that neural energy, that the, the brain chemistry getting more and more blood sugars and um, emphasis, allocation of resources biologically. So when we lean in and we notice with loving kindness, when we notice with curiosity, when we notice with non-judgment and a lack of bias, which means we're not wanting to get rid of it, we're not saying it shouldn't be there, when we're genuinely leaning in with curiosity, we change the brain chemistry, we change the oxytocin, the dopamine, we change the way we feel about symptoms. 
And you have to understand, we think it's the symptoms that are really hurting us and getting us down, but actually there are plenty of people out there who love their tinnitus sounds, who pay money to get dizzy and elicit vertigo. They want to feel it. Their relationship, their emotional relationship to these bodily sensations is one of fun and excitement and they love it, right? So the symptoms themselves are not an issue. It's the relationship we have to the body sounds and the relationship we have to the body sensations. If we can shift them into more of a curiosity neutral, we don't want high emotion. High emotion leads to more neural firing. So if we can just kind of make them boring, no big deal is the approach I suggest in this book. You don't have to love them. I just want to make that clear. It's There's some nice outcomes if you love what you feel in your body. And I've had clients who have gone from hating their symptoms to loving them. It's possible, but you don't have to... The other way to hack the system is to actually take the no big deal approach and make your body bored of them. So it's no longer giving biological emphasis and allocation of resources to those neural networks. We want it to fizzle out and dissipate. So there's like probably 20 or 30 yeses in the yes box, Sarah. So you're completely supported. People understand. Um, someone said... So are you saying I don't go to the doctors for this? Absolutely. I literally have an entire chapter on getting medical clearance. You have, I recommend everybody get medical clearance. It's complete, it's complete negligence to yourself to not be informed because the worst case scenario, it's rare, but the worst case scenario is where body scanning and meditating instead of getting surgical removal of a tumour, right? You want medical clearance. You want to know that you, you understand your body it could be that you go through medical clearance extremely quickly in just a couple of visits. It doesn't need to be an extensive six-year, 48-doctor process. It's important that you see doctors you trust and trust that they know how to get medical clearance really quickly. Medical clearance does not mean you have a diagnosis, right? I cover this in the book. So I'm just going to read you through the table of contents. Then I'm going to shift over to doing a short reading of the new normal so we all know where we're working where we're moving towards um yeah that's another really 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 common comment joanna this you know oh you look okay you should be over it by now or you look great and and, and often the person inside's like i know i look good but i feel awful like it's it's so frustrating and it can make us question ourselves and doubt ourselves which leads to enormous body image body shaming self-esteem I mean, the repercussions are endless. The anxiety, the depression, the isolation, lack of trust in ourselves is so damaging and it's absolutely tragic. I really hope we can reverse this. So future people with vertigo, dizziness, any kind of not quite right body sensation, any unwanted body sound, that future people can go, all right, I've got this, it's in my neural network and I can change it. I'm going to be okay. Like how good would it be if that was the common mainstream conversation that's what i'm hoping this book will help to generate down the track yeah great so somebody's ellie's just said for the first time the other day i actually felt i like my tinnitus sound yeah and there's no reason why not to like it it's almost like you start the car and you get that idle sound i mean we can hate the way our car sounds or we can like it there's a little bit of choice in that all right Beautiful. Yes, feeling hope is so important. Okay, I just cannot keep up with the chat box. So why don't we pause the chat box for now? I'll open it up again later. And what I want to do is just talk you through what you're going to get in the book. Starts with a forward from Cynthia Ryan at the Vestibular Disorders Association. 
who was very kind to read through the manuscript. Then there's a preface from me. And I might even read the preface just so. So the preface is titled Your Capacity to Heal. And I won't read it all, but let's start here. This book is for everyone experiencing chronic unwanted sensations in their body. Your sensations could be described in limitless ways, from an odd micro-movement to a dull ache and pain, to a ringing tone, drone or screech, to distorted visual spotting and auras. A sensation is anything perceived through our five senses, touch, sound, taste, smell and sight. This book is for you to find peace within yourself despite the variety of unwanted sensations you may encounter in daily life. This book is for your family members to learn more about what you're going through. It is also for health professionals who are hoping to better understand ways in which they can support their clients through recovery from persistent symptoms. Vertigo is any sensation of movement or disorientation when you're still. It can manifest as disequilibrium, dizziness, nausea, unsteadiness or feeling not quite right. Tinnitus refers to sound sensations that are heard inside of your body, ringing, buzzing, popping, roaring, squeaking, that are not coming from the external environment. Vertigo and tinnitus are like invisible disruptions to a person's life that are difficult for the medical world to resolve. Both are related to how the brain interprets neural messages coming from the inner ears. Every person who experiences vertigo or tinnitus has their own way of describing them. Your sensations are something that no one else can ever feel or really understand. While this is a lonely truth, there is still hope. Regardless of whether you describe your sensations as spinning, feeling disoriented, buzzing, ringing, roaring, rocking, or feeling not quite right, you are not alone. There are elements common to every person's recovery, and you can learn how to better understand this process of healing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for yourself. If you're experiencing vertigo or tinnitus, I want you to know it isn't your fault. You don't deserve it. You are not going crazy. Tinnitus sounds or dizziness sensations are truly there inside of you. They are neural messages created by your brain and body for you. These neural messages can change daily. You do not need to feel stuck. Your body and brain may need support to recalibrate those neural networks so you can feel like yourself again. This book is to help you cultivate all for your biology, to explore the management options available to you, and to inspire you to start rebuilding new neural pathways that feel normal again, so that you can live a rich and productive life. This process of rebuilding neural pathways is called neuroplasticity. And I'll stop it there. I'm gonna shift us over. I'll just open the chat box in case anyone's got something burning that they want it comment and then I'm going to look up chapter 10. <clears throat> yep, like I already said, there'll be an audiobook. Great, so Sharon said, I'm seven months into the Rocksteady program. I've gone through it twice and I now listen more to the live calls. Good, I'm so glad you do that. Um, the monthly calls and bonus audios. After 10 years of hell, I finally have my life back. Woohoo! And it seems to just be getting better and better. It really is no big deal anymore and it blows me away. And I would just, I, I really feel like, Sharon, it's possible that at some point in time you're just going to stop and go, 
I don't even remember having those sensations. It's like it'll be a, a long distant memory that you've literally rewired and you've become a whole new person. And there is a, you know, there's a slow transition to get to that point, but it's almost like it catches us unawares. We get so used to having the sensations, then we go through the neuroplasticity rocksteady process of making them no big deal and coming back to that loving kindness and curiosity. They're still there though. And then with time, it's almost like they're not there anymore. And it's like, oh, I can, do I have them? Were they there? And it becomes this old memory. And that's something to look forward to too. It's like actually really changing. Is yoga nidra as beneficial as body scanning? Um, I would say like, yes, except remember that my only piece that's different about yoga nidra that I would comment on is yoga nidra is often an external voice guiding you through an externally prescribed process. Body scanning is when you do that for yourself. So you're the person with the voice scanning where you want to scan in any order in any rhythm, etc. So yoga nidra is a great tool to use and to come back to, but eventually you want to not need to listen to my audios or anyone's audios and to be actually doing it yourself in real time, anywhere at all, where you don't need a device. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> this is a good one. Here is my problem, and Colleen, you might find this is not a problem. I was doing amazing, almost 100%. Oh, I want to talk about that too. And then boom, back to the room spinning sensations. Why is that? Now I'm back to really focusing again on healing. I would say ask your body, Colleen. Ask your body what's showing up for you and what's going on. Um, I actually had a moment of like true spinning vertigo through the, just, just recently, like through the book launch, finalizing the book publication process and to me it just felt really expected and really normal like I was in a spin my life felt really stressful with deadlines which I'm not used to I mean one of the reasons I run my own business and I'm my own boss is because I don't like deadlines and I don't like people telling me what to do and when to do and um, it kind of felt like I was in that world for a brief moment dealing with other people and external deadlines and I felt like my life was spinning and the anxiety was up and doubting myself and so I would just say it's not always obvious and sometimes it'll be 10 years later that you're like oh that makes sense now but rather than ask somebody else why is this happening ask your body and truly deeply pause and listen physically mentally emotionally and spiritually what is spinning inside of you um yeah this definitely works for hyperacusis um hyperacusis is when very very soft sounds create a startle reflex in us and it can feel like pain and yes you can rewire all of that that's an abnormal uh, fear response in the body for hyperacusis um and yes it's all reversible so using neuroplasticity and i say this in the book like a thousand times and i, I bet you there'll still be people who don't hear it and don't read it don't focus on what you don't want to feel. It doesn't matter if you don't want to feel hyperacusis. It doesn't matter if you don't want to feel visual disturbance and visual disturbance distortions. It doesn't matter if you don't want headache or you don't want depression or you don't want anxiety. None of that matters. Building new normal is focusing on what you do want to feel so that all those things that are unpleasant for you and that you don't like, you're shifting that into the no big deal category. You're drawing away the neural allocation so the brain is no longer putting neural resource there. And you're focusing on 
whatever you choose. It could be feeling calm, feeling connected, feeling community, feeling vibrant, feeling vitality, feeling love. And figuring out how to authentically and genuinely feel that is the neuroplasticity process. It's a process of self-discovery because things that used to fill me with vitality and joy don't work anymore. I can't operate on my old Joey settings. I have to go, okay, I'm older now. I'm a mum now. I live in a new place. So much about my life is different. The way I fire my joy neurons and my vitality neurons has completely changed. And so I have to be constantly trial and error and exploring what's working for me authentically because we can't just kind of go okay I want to feel joy I want to feel joy I want to feel joy I'll just go out and get a cup of coffee with a friend it doesn't work like that right that's a really superficial approach it's about body scanning and saying what do I feel what do I need to support what I feel and what can I genuinely do to shift myself into a joyful space and that will change every day not only every day but every hour every moment Sometimes I really want to play my violin and it, you know, fills me with joy. Other times I'm tired or it's early in the morning. I don't feel like it's in that moment. Going and playing my violin might be a really um, ineffective choice. All right, this is going to bring me back to the book. I'll, I'll stop the chat box again. Um, someone said here, our brain is trained to interpret any sensation as dangerous, which is not true, but it is not possible to be in a body without sensation. So we get stuck. No, you've, that's complete misinformation. Whoever told you that, Rocco, throw it out the window. Our body is trained to love sensations. My goodness. I mean, you could go from doing the rock steady process, which is a fear of sensation, a fear of feeling. The other extreme is Tantra, where we take sensations and we channel them into pleasure, like really deep, blissful, ecstatic, orgasmic pleasure. That is the same process as rock steady. But it's the other end. It's the pleasure end instead of the fear end. We are totally designed to be creatures of pleasure and to enhance pleasure by focusing on it, exploring it and finding it. And so throw that out the window, Rocco. Um, our senses are to help us navigate safety, including identifying danger. But we are not designed to interpret any and all sensations as dangerous at all. That's just not logical and not meaningful, not rational and not science. Um, all right, I think I'm going to go back into the book. Heather, I'll answer that because it's probably quite common. Heather says, I've been sitting with sensations of fear and anxiety without analysing them, which is a really commendable effort and, and difficult to do, so well done. Would it be more beneficial to focus on what I feel during these times, what I want to feel? Look, there's no prescription, right? I think if the fear and anxiety are there, we have to address them. We can't ignore them because that's just suppressing them, repressing them and bottling them up. So it's important to sit there without the analysis and just to be like, okay, I'm feeling fear right now. I'm feeling anxious and that's okay. I'm allowed to feel this. And, you know, you might want to hold yourself physically, touch yourself. There might be things you want to do to help you ground and, and neutralize it and breathe through it. I often think of feelings as kind of like listening to an app an album like a vinyl music album and you know let's say there's 10 songs on the album if we can just stay with the feeling whether maybe let's say it's the fear and anxiety think of it as like one song you just have to wait for that song to finish because once you've chemically processed that fear and all it needs is time space and non-judgment so staying with it and breathing through it and letting yourself be there 
you know, put on some music you love. You might want to put on the songs I've written, which are talking about that process. Stay with it. Chemically, it will resolve and you will feel it lift and you'll be like, oh, okay, I feel better now. And then a new emotion will arise and you don't know what that emotion is, but often it's kind of like a relief feeling. That'll be like the next song in the record. Now, if we don't stay with it with non-judgment and kindness and feel through it and breathe through it and do what we need to do to stay with the body, it's almost like it gets caught. And then we can be living in anxiety and fear for weeks or months because it's like it's like the vinyl is caught on repeat and it's jumping and it's never actually completing the song. So I hope that answered your question, Heather. You do have to stay with it. It's beautiful if you could not analyze and bring non-judgment. Lean in with loving kindness. Become your own best friend. And think about if your best friend was freaking out and anxious and fearful, what would you say to her? How would you treat her? What would you offer her? Would you pass her a box of tissues? Would you rub her back? So really stay with your body without abandoning the feelings because that will help the biochemical process of that emotion to resolve and finish so that you don't have to carry it around for the next month. Great. Um, <clears throat> Monica, if it helps you to get into your feet and out of your head, definitely do that. But there's no rules. You know, whatever you want to feel is your guide. Um, <clears throat> so you have to experiment. You have to know what you want to feel and know what you're actually feeling and know how to bridge that gap between what I feel in this moment and what I would desire to feel. That's the neuroplasticity process. It's extremely personal. So you can't really get an external expert to tell you what to do or how to do it. The reason being... We don't know what you're actually feeling in this moment because we're not psychics and we don't know what you just we don't know what you desire to feel in this moment and on top of that even if we did know those two pieces of the equation we don't know what you need to do to genuinely genuinely and authentically fire the, the neurons to get you from a to b right that's a process that we need to explore for ourselves just so you get an idea, let's say I feel agitated, I feel out of my body, I feel ungrounded, I feel a bit spacey and anxious. <clears throat> I might hold myself, I might lay flat, I might do a body scan, I might talk to myself, and then I might say, you know what, I really just want to feel grounded, I want to feel connected to the earth, I feel like I'm floating. And then I might say, I'm going to go and feed my worms, I'm going to go out into the garden and weed I'm, I'm gonna just get out of my head and into the earth because that's what I feel like I need and for me in this moment that is going to actually give me the neural fire, firing result that I want right so no one could really pre prescribe that for me and on another day I might not want to go gardening and it might not have the same effect so I hope that clears it up for you Monica all right your new normal I want to paint a picture of where we're going from chapter 10. <clears throat> the majority of people whom I've seen with vertigo or tinnitus will say, I just want to feel normal again. They want to go back to the way it was before they noticed tinnitus or before they had vertigo. They want to return to that carefree existence, to do things they used to do and to wake up with normal worries like paying bills and checking emails or overcoming a common cold. Developing a new sense of normal is essential for completing the neuroplasticity process. Each of us must change from the inside and cultivate our new normal. Rather than returning back to the person we were, we become a new version of ourselves. 
I'm going to repeat that sentence again because it's really, really key. And if we want to go back to the person we were, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Okay, so I'm just going to repeat that one again. Rather than returning back to the person we were, we become a new version of ourselves. Whether we like it or not, we need to refresh our inner world and grow beyond that person we once were. Nobody can go backwards or reinvent the past. It simply isn't possible. We can, however, build new neural pathways and change into something new. This is our new normal. This is the goal of becoming rock steady. It is true that some people never achieve a sense of normal and feel stuck with their symptoms forever. This is because, or this is most likely because, They've never learned how to use neuroplasticity to build the neural pathways that they desire or they didn't have su sufficient education or support or they didn't know how to maintain their new settings so they ended up back where they started feeling symptomatic and lost in a loop of avoidance and hopelessness. <clears throat> I want to introduce an important distinction here. The difference between neuroplasticity and neuroelasticity. Elasticity describes a temporary change that springs back to its original form. Think of a paper notebook that can bend with gentle pressure, but once the pressure is released, the notebook returns back to where it started. In this example, the pressure applied has had a temporary elastic effect. <clears throat> the notebook returns to its resting state and remains physically unchanged. In contrast to this, as we identified in chapter three, a plastic change is a permanent change. For example, we could impose a more intense, sustained pressure <coughs> excuse me, to the notebook so that we bend and distort it to the point that we can never return it to the way it originally was. The notebook is now forever changed. It is folded, creased, and it has a new shape altogether. This is why neuroplasticity takes a certain amount of effort to get the results we desire. If the stimulation isn't focused or specific enough, the neural pathways spring back to where, they, to where they started like an elastic band and we feel unchanged or stuck. Many people try devices or exercises and ultimately return back to where they started feeling as though nothing has changed or worked. They're likely to be frustrated and unknowingly limiting themselves to neuroelasticity. They keep trying things out yet bounce back to where they began. This can happen if your daily neuroplasticity practice is not customised with sufficient time, duration and intensity of neural firing for your desired feelings. I'll repeat that again. <clears throat> this can happen if your daily neuroplasticity practice is not customised with sufficient time, duration and intensity of neural firing for your, for your desired feelings. Building new neural pathways takes time, effort and attention to detail. And this is where you guys come in. You have to have attention to the detail you need in that moment, in that presence, which is why it always comes back to the body scan. That gives us the capacity to have gentle, non-judgmental observation and attention to detail. And I often think that's the process that's overlooked and skipped in mainstream therapies. It's this attention to detail of self-study. So coming back to the book, it's not a one-hit one wonder or random event. It's a finely tuned process that you sort out for yourself in any moment and no expert can tell you how you are to do it. Neuroplasticity happens in the now, 
To create a neuroplastic change, we must focus intensely and consistently on our desired feelings so that we can build lasting neural networks. Neurons grow where attention goes. If healing doesn't just happen magically for you, you will need to make it happen through intention, trial, error and practice. You need to navigate and discover what works for you. Nobody else can tell you how to feel inner peace because that is something only you can discover within yourself. I might leave it there, but I wanted to also read a little reflection I had as I was um, writing this last chapter of the book. Some of you may remember I shared this in my Facebook group. I was surfing and I perforated my eardrum. And as I talk about in, I think, chapter four in Understanding Tinnitus, um, perforating the eardrum or a kind of trauma to the ear can be the beginning, something that triggers chronic symptoms. So what can start with a small or a relatively linear event, so we we have a, a bout of BPPV or we have an episode of many years, once that resolves and the actual infection or labyrinthitis is over or the perforation heals up, sometimes we can be stuck in chronic symptoms so we never get better. There's this initial trigger event so as I went through my perforated eardrum, I was starting to contemplate what does it mean to be the new normal? <clears throat> so I'm just gonna fast forward to a new part of the book. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna start up here. With our new normal, we stop comparing ourselves to others or how we used to feel. Instead, we show up every day just as we are. We celebrate our life and we feel our way through it. We make the best decisions we can to keep our seesaw side of joy, calm and inner peace high. It's a reference from another chapter. We know ourselves better and are less impacted by external stresses and strains. We can prepare ahead and create environments that allow us to thrive. We are now experiencing less internal judgment, pressure or criticism. We are free. We've stepped into our truth just as it is and our new normal feels good. Being normal might be enjoying work, keeping the house tidy, caring for grandkids, traveling, planning a hike, training for a fun run, joining a local band, starting a weekly yoga class, dating, falling in love, or changing careers to suit your new sense of self. The options are endless, but what each has in common is that we are living with the freedom to choose to do what we want to do. We are making normal decisions with joy, not fear. We choose joy because we can. Our inner dialogue says, yeah, I can give it a go. I want to. I choose to. I've got this. Sounds fun. Great. I'm in. Thanks for the invite. I'll be there. Or I'm staying home today. I need a quiet one and I'm looking forward to it. So we know ourselves. When I first drafted this chapter, I had a perforated eardrum. While surfing at dusk, my surfboard slammed into my left ear. There was a sharp and sudden pain. It, it was unpleasant. My first thought was, thank goodness I have a strong skull to protect me. I feel shocked, but okay. I couldn't believe the irony of writing my final chapter about being normal while I had a bleeding, weeping, hissing, painful left ear. Then I realized how far I've come now. I really am normal. Previously, the loud hissing tinnitus would have freaked me out and distressed me with ego voices saying, what if I'm like this forever? What if I can never sleep again? What if I lose hearing? As I lay in bed that night after the accident, I couldn't sleep, but I could find peace. 
I thanked my body for healing. I could literally hear my body entering its healing phase and loudly ramping up the repair processes within my ear. I was grateful for its efficiency to heal. I felt pain, yes, but I didn't feel fear or irritation. I was doing what I love, being in the ocean, surfing at dusk. I can't complain. Accidents happen. It's nobody's fault, not mine, not anyone's. I can accept that I feel this way and I can support my healing without making this a big deal. I took this in my stride. I rested all evening, evening, hardly sleeping, but always feeling ease, calm and support within myself. The next day, my alarm sounded at 5.40 a.m. to remind me to get ready for the yoga and mindfulness classes I was running at a friend's coastal riders retreat. There were people waiting for me and expecting me to teach them at that morning at 7.30 a.m. I felt into my body and checked what was best for me. Okay, so that's an example of doing a present time body scan. I felt into my body and checked what was best for me. Did I need to call in sick and stay in bed? Was I dizzy? Could I teach? Did I have enough energy to drive an hour safely after a sleepless night? It felt clear to me that I was fine. I had pain, noises and clear gunk, gunk weeping from my ear. But aside from that, I felt normal. I felt gentle. When I arrived at the retreat, there were 30 or so people talking enthusiastically and socialising. I suddenly realised that my hearing was partially muted in my left ear due to the gunk blocking my eardrum and canal. I knew it was temporary deafness and nothing to concern me. I also realised that I enjoyed being closer to myself. The outer world was muffled and quieter. This felt spacious to me. I liked time alone with myself and having this muted hissing sound was keeping me in my body and present. I felt powerful, grateful, gentle and even more connected to my inner self. I knew that all of these stronger sensations would pass but for now I was just being curious and feeling it. I thought to myself, I can hear enough. I'm satisfied with my hearing today. It is not what it was before the surfing accident, but it's good enough. I'm not worried. I feel more connected to myself and more inwards. The injury is calling me home and here I am in my body home. I like me just as I am. I am my version of normal and I feel a deep sense of gratitude for this fact. Like everyone else, I am ordinary and extraordinary. I am as I am, changing in each moment, evolving, growing, learning and surrendering to everything that I can't control. So that's a little snippet from chapter 10. Ah, thanks for listening and I'm going to open up the chat box. I want to finish this call by saying please email me your receipts if you've pre-ordered six or more books because I will send you a free copy, an extra copy, signed with a note from me to say thank you for supporting me and supporting the book. For me, this is really, it's, it's a mission that I'm passionate about because I don't want people tragically living with symptoms for months, years or decades. I think as health professionals and as medical professionals, we need to do better. I think we need to offer more education and more support. That's why I started Seeking Balance. I'm really passionate about changing the conversation. I would love you to get in touch with me. If you know anyone who might be interested in talking about my book on their podcast or their YouTube channel or their radio show or their TV show, if you have any connections of people with media influence, please get them in touch with me because I really feel like this conversation needs to be louder. Um, I'm only one woman. 
on, you know, in a very small beachside community in Australia. And there's only so much noise I can make. So if you can help me get this book out into the world, you can do that either by sharing my book on your social media channels, let people know. One in three people have bothersome, unwanted, invisible symptoms. It's everywhere. You are not alone. A lot of people are self-medicating, avoiding, distracting, denying, not enjoying their body, and it's it, it's all preventable and it's all reversible. So please share, share this in all of your social media channels. If you know any influential people, let them know about my book, buy them a copy, give them a copy, get them in touch with me. I'm happy to be on media and be... Um, be a voice for this conversation and I like to think of it as a conversation starter because I'm hoping <clears throat> with time more and more people will be doing research and um, <clears throat> helping support my vision. So yes, please pre-order my book. There's nine days left of the pre-order campaign. Okay, if you want to join my Inner Circle book club, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to meet the people who join. You can't buy a ticket. So the way to get into my Inner Circle Book Club, we're going to meet for five months. We're going to go through the book together. It's going to be like a small private therapy group spiced up with a little bit of a, a Joey-flavoured book club. And to join, I'm asking that you buy 15 copies of my book. That's one five, 15 copies of my book, and you distribute those books out to the people who need it. So think medical clinics, audiology clinics, psychologists, yoga studios, um, these are really places where people with dizziness and tinnitus are going to be going and frequenting. So distribute these books. You're welcome to sell them and get your money back. But because you're supporting my book and helping me get my book out there, I want to thank you by inviting you to my small private inner circle book club. So that's if you buy 15 books. For those of you listening who would love my support with your healing and you feel a bit stuck or you want to meet with me, you want to jam with me, you want a private session with me, I'm not currently taking clients with the exception of this pre-order campaign. If you pre-order, which means you've got nine days to do this, if you pre-order 50 books, that's five zero. If you pre-order 50 books, I will give you a private therapy session. I would love to meet you. I would love to support you. If you're supporting me and my book, I want to support you and your healing and recovery and I want to meet you. So if you buy 50 books, you get the Inner Circle Book Club as well. And of course, you also get the signed book. So everybody who buys more than six books and sends me those receipts or sends my assistant Mandy those receipts gets a signed copy of the book. 15 books, you get an invitation to the Inner Circle Book Club, which will be a small private therapy group. And if you buy 50 books, I'm going to arrange to have a one-hour private therapy session with you on top of the Inner Circle Book Club and a signed copy of my book. So I just want to um, do a little shout out to that because you've only got nine days. If you want to take advantage of those pre-order um, bonuses and gifts, you've got nine days to um, purchase during the pre-order campaign. Great. So I've got a lot of people saying thank you. They're looking forward to reading the book. Yeah, there's 170 people on the call right now. We're a pretty big group. It would, be, it, would be, it would just mean so much to me if you guys could get these books out there and distribute them. I don't mind if you give them away, if you've got the money to do that, or if you actually sell them to clinics or sell these books at clinics and then you'll get reimbursed. But I feel like just letting people know the book exists is a starting point and from there it can have a ripple effect. And I think the more and more that people are 
talking about the book, using the book, hopefully getting great benefits through the book, because the book really does demystify the myths. It unravels the seeming dilemma about not having a cure, which is just untrue. We don't even need a cure for these symptoms. They're all reversible and we can rebuild an entirely new normal. Um, and I really feel like my book will be one of the most important books written for these chronic symptoms. And I'm really excited to see where it leads, hopefully more discussion, more books, more research. So thank you so much for being on today's call. Yep, so thanks for posting. Bruce just posted a link. Um, you can buy the book anywhere, really. Just search for my name, Joey Remini, under the author. You can buy it at Booktopia, Fishpond, Book Depository. Honestly, it's at lots of independent bookstores. Um, it's at Amazon. So if you can't find it in one place, look again in another place. You can buy it in Europe. I think I, think I saw someone say earlier they couldn't pre-order it from Netherlands. You can. Just try a different website, you know. Um, and please do, especially if you want to get on... Um, Take advantage of these pre-order bonuses. Thank you for posting those links, Bruce. Wonderful. Yes, I'm looking forward to reading my book too. Great. So we might end the call there. I just want to really emphasize, don't focus on your diagnosis and don't focus on your symptoms. That's why I'm just getting I'm getting questions in the chat box about, you know, what about this and what about that? It's not going to help you heal. You really need medical clearance. You need a doctor to sit you down and say, we're not worried about you. We think your brain's working well enough. Your bloods are good enough. We can't find any really any disease that needs intervention, right? So you may have meldebacum. You may have triple PD. You may have idiopathic tinnitus. You may have sudden sensorineural hearing loss. You may have all of these different diagnoses. They're just words. None of them change who you are fundamentally as a person and none of them impact your capacity to rebuild new normal, right? So important. I have a whole chapter on not getting bogged down in diagnosis and the entire book is talking about don't focus on what you don't want. In fact, that's covered in my seven-day program as well, which is a wonderful place to start. If you're new to this, you're waiting for the book, try the seven-day support program because it's, it's, it's practical and it will help you implement neuroplasticity and get the best out of the book too. Beautiful. All right. Oh, that's nice, Moira. Someone gifted the book to you. That's wonderful. So the book's ready for pre-order right now, Jonathan. And yes, you can buy it by Amazon in the US if you choose. There's many different places you can buy it. So you can pre-order right now. You can literally open up a new tab in your computer or on your phone or on your iPad. You can go to my website, so seekingbalance.com.au. You can see the link there that says my book. And on that page, I have information about the book, including a couple of quick links of where you can buy it. Fishpond, Book Depository, Booktopia, Amazon, and there's so many more. I just can't list them all. And, you know, I've had people buying it in Israel in the Middle East. I've had people buying it in Asia. I've had people buying through the North and South Americas, Africa, Europe, UK. It's available. You can pre-order it right now. If you want to get those bonuses, please, please, please do because I want to support you. And if you miss out because you just didn't know you could do it, you've got nine days, I want to support you. And the, um, the pre-order campaign actually ends on November 12th, which is out of my control. The book people organize that. I'm not sure if it's Amazon or somebody else, but the pre-order campaign 
ends on November 12th. It was cut short four days. I thought it was going to be November 16th. But November 16th is the book launch. It's the next live call. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you. We're going to have a couple of um, guest speakers. It's going to be really beautiful. I hope you can join the book launch call. I'm really looking forward to hearing from everybody who pre-orders six or more books because I am going to be handwriting you a little note, which makes me feel even more connected to you. Um, yeah. So any last questions on the pre-order campaign? I hope that's clear. If you need to learn more about the pre-order campaign, go to my website and click the link that says book. In fact, I can show you right now. I'll share my screen. For those of you who are a bit confused and wondering, okay, I'm just, all right, you should be able to see my, my website here. So this is just from my regular website and I've clicked on the link book. And from here, you've got quick links to buying the book. So you can buy it from wherever you choose. Um, and there's also lots of praise from people who have peer-reviewed the book. And this is where you learn about your pre-orders. These are different email addresses. So if you buy one book, you've got to email it to this address. Click the button. And if you pre-order six, 15 or 50 books, there's a different email address. So click on the appropriate email to make sure it lands in the right place. Um, my Inner Circle Book Club is going to be amazing. I'm really excited to meet people who choose to do that. It'll probably a morning, be a morning call for Australia and a lunchtime call for America and an evening call for Europe. Um, similar time to what we're on now. But I'm actually going to customise the book club depending on who joins and what time zone you're in. So get in touch with me and let me know your time zone um, when you email in your receipt. So I hope that clears it all up. There's lots of information in there. There's also a little bit of guidance about what you can do with the extra books you buy. If you buy multiple copies, you have to think about where you want to donate them, how you want to distribute them, where you want to get them out. It's all about, you know, making the world a more gentle place and a more understanding place for people who have chronic and debilitating symptoms. Um, yeah. I might end it there. I'll just quickly check the chat box. Thank you for your time. Beautiful. Thanks. So great to have you all here. Someone said, will you be doing more podcasts? Of course I will. I love my podcast and YouTube. Um, like I say, if you know anybody in the media who is influential, who has a big reach to the general public, give them my book. Let them know about my book. We can give them instant access to Chapter 1 at the very least. And I'm happy to meet and chat so that we can get this conversation out there. All right, thanks again for being part of my community. I greatly value all of you, and it's a bye for now.